Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward Friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode four of a five-part series. And we are joined by Marianella from Farmers Project. We are talking about direct trade from the coffee producer's perspective in this series. It's been fascinating. And today we are going to talk about some of the myths that the, the coffee industry from the consuming end of the market have about coffee producing. So Marianella, tell us about some of those myths. Hmm. Thank you, Lee. I think that, um, yeah, that's this is an important topic because um, the misunderstandings are are wide and, and far. Uh-huh. Um, I, I hear a lot of times like the farmers want help almost in a way of like they want charity. Okay. And I have never, never come across any farmer, any of my neighbors that have a handout for charity. Mm. Everybody just wants respect and value. Value is what everybody's looking for. Is just value my crop, value Dignity. my quality. Exactly. And so I believe that we, you know, for for the consumer to think that farmers they don't want to farm anymore. That's another myth. And and that they just want help, you know, and, and is is a huge myth. And when I say they don't want to farm anymore, yes, we do have a migration problem. They, we have a lot of people mm. that are trying to find better opportunities. You can't blame the farmer. We're all looking. When I hear the term sustainability for the farmers, I cringe. Oh, it makes me want to see. Not that it's profitability <laughs> for the farmers. Who in this world wakes up every morning to just sustain? Everybody wants to mm. succeed and prosper, right? So to me, uh, one of those myths is, is that it's just that the farmers are out to just kind of wait for for some help. And mm. it's just better opportunities and value for the for the product. Um, another one is huge is that a lot of people think the solution is provide financing and the farmers really don't want financing for the most part. It is already extremely difficult to budget to even have enough to put back into your farming cycle mm-hmm. after your harvest. You receive that one payment a year kind of thing that you had two, three months of, of harvest. You paid the, the co-op what you owed. You paid your, your labor for the harvest. You you put a little bit into maybe infrastructure that you needed desperately within your farm and, mm. you know, repairing some pipes and repairing your your little shed or things like that or your gate and then trying to budget what you're going to have for your family for the rest of the year hopefully with the help of other income from maybe your your kids that are working already because mm-hmm. most as you know most of the farmers are already past their 55s i mean we're yeah. the, the, the the average is is getting close to 60 so mm. but there's a big myth that farmers want financing because it's like lending to a person that just cannot pay back. So that's a news oh, around yeah. the net. You know, it's it, if you think about the collateral 
what's the collateral is is just the farm but really if producing coffee is already not even paying for the cost of production why would you sink a farmer with more finance well you know? and the the interest on some of these loans is obscene yes. Exactly. Absolutely obscene. Agri- agricultural loans are amongst the highest interest rates in the world, between 30 and 50%. Correct. Predatory lending. It's, it's predatory. Pretty- yes. And so that's why a lot of banks are, their their real estate purse is filled with coffee farms for foreclosure. And so it is good for them or, you know, or for the the real estate sharks that, I mean, coffee farms that are in beautiful places. So there mm. are a lot of amazing developments going on where it used to be a, a beautiful farm is now a nice condominium development, you know. So right. there are other people looking at financing uh, as, a, oh, yeah, this is going to be helpful for the producer. But it's a myth. Producers are not looking to 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 go in debt is is really as an internal debt. They, they is everybody. We're all looking for value and for the right pricing. The other a huge myth that I, I oh it, it shows me that that person has not been on the ground is when we're talking about the struggles of farming and we're going through the farm and everybody's like, oh yeah, this is difficult terrain and this is remote and this is like my farm, Cafe Con Amor, is 100% off grid and everybody's like, wow, this is wild. And so one of the things that people say, well, if coffee is not giving you enough, why aren't you guys just producing something else? Why didn't you bring some cows or goats or why don't you do intercropping and why don't you you know just have uh you know you have that part of that terrain that is not developed and maybe you can plant some vegetables and i am thinking wow first of all if you're if you're producing coffee it really takes your full day it's exhausting to just keep up um the other part is can you see the logistics working if i do tomatoes here i I just I just have this image of like, where the fuck am I going to get this magical wand that's going to <laughs> automatically make this soil properly fertile for the tomatoes, given that I've been growing fucking coffee on it for all of this time. Exactly. exactly. And you, Mr. I- coffee Roaster, you in all of your wisdom is the yes. person who's going to sit here and tell me how to coffee farm. This drives me crazy, Marinella. This is, it is, I have to bite my tongue. <laughs> A lot because I'm I like, don't. Do you see the facilities here to like, uh, you know, warehouse grapes or something, or start with like actually planting, you know, vineyards or or something? And one of the ones, Lee, that was at the, that that really opens eyes is um, when we go to Marco and Maricela's farm, Circle Farm, one of one of the farmers' project members. Mm-hmm. They actually have one big plot with avocado. Mm-hmm. And I tell everybody that avocado in 2018, we all got to go to the SCA. It was a huge deal for us to go as a team to the SCA. And uh, Marco and Maricela financed their trip with the sale of the avocados. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Why don't you all plant avocados? And I say, OK, Marco, Marcela, tell them what happens with your avocados every year. Well, Two weeks before they even ripen, Marco, his twins that are 18 years old, and his father 
his brother, his brother, kids, all the boys, all the men set up, not even tents because they don't really have camping tents, but just little shacks within the, the coffee field every night with flashlights and their dogs. They have to spend for two weeks making sure the avocados are not stolen because That's the very wild. first year, isn't that wild? That's wild. Yes. You have to go out and protect the avocados. Yes. The very first year they learned the hard lesson where they were so happy to see their first crop of avocados. And just one morning they woke up and there were no avocados in the trees. Somebody came and took them all at night. So now how about spending two weeks out there every mm. night just watching your avocados ripen up enough to sell them in the market, which they do have a truck and they can take them to a farmer's market and sell them or mom and pop stores that you know the the stores that say, sell your your bread and your mm -hmm. you know your berries and stuff and so it's not feasible it's just not feasible no. to do other crops and it's not feasible for the farmer to try to diversify um and so yes we always ask the farmer to do more 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 as if like you said <laughs> there was some kind of one that just just appears and and now you have uh, personnel that works for you or something. <laughs> it's just the, the entitlement of thinking. I mean, we had the same kind of discussion with Andreas Felipe Ospina when we were talking about how when people just say, we need you, Mr. Producer or Miss Producer, we need you to start processing with Koji without mm. any kind of understanding that you're breaking international treaties mm -hmm, by taking mm -hmm. a microbe into a new origin country where it's never existed before. Like the entitlement in that Marinella, as though we don't have to care about how that's going to affect or impact the producer's ecosystem. Yes, yes, yeah. I think another, in, in talking about the ecosystem, I think another myth is that producers don't really know what sustainability is. Right. And I absolutely neither do most roasters. Get, let's be real. <laughs> I know. I mean, I have gotten really upset with people that say, "Well, can you show us what are you doing to, you know, to be sustainable? And are you guys recycling? And are you guys, uh, you know, measuring your carbon footprint and doing this?" And I say, "Okay, well, we'll show you what we're doing. First of all, ours are small farms. Nobody's mm -hmm. gonna care about." our own land more than us. We have water, which is a treasure that we need mm -hmm. and we're going to protect it. So you can see we leave, uh, leave a, a buffer so that we make sure that those trees are protecting the water source, the water springs. We're going to be the ones that want our farm nice and clean, no garbage mm -hmm. on our farms. We don't, you know, what we are struggling to pay the high prices for green inputs because that's another thing is obviously as prices are low what are producers going to buy for the inputs well the cheaper right just yeah. like you know if you think about a person that has low income for the most part they're going to go to the grocery store and they're not going to buy organic right no. because organic is more expensive so we really care and we know what sustainability is because we see it every day. If our our plants are healthy, we know we're doing the right thing. If they're going to mm -hmm. hell and they look like shit, then we know we're putting the wrong thing, right? So, and to me, that 
what upsets me is because I am privileged to see the coffee shops and to see the whole cycle, I'm like, oh my God, you, you, you know, you really are strict about how do we prove our, our footprint is, is very green, but yet I come into a coffee shop and the garbage can is flowing plastic. Yeah. There are piles of napkins thrown out and they're just like, uh, the AC is blowing and the door to the patio is open. open. And I'm like, or, or the water is running behind the, behind the counter as the baristas are preparing everything. The water is running like there's no drought. No drought. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. That's a big, you know, it's a, it's a myth and it's a huge misunderstanding and it's a very unfair balance, very Mm. unfair balance to, to require everything from the farmer. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's it's it really does lean into this imbalance of power across the supply chain that doesn't seem to be sorting itself out. And yes. you know, you have a few projects coming in the future that we hope will take care of those things. I have a few projects in the future that I hope will help start to take care of some of those things, but we're not even close. Like. Yeah. As an industry, we're not even close to getting, um, but we are finding some successes. And so, folks, in the last episode of this series, we're going to be talking about the success of direct trade. So join us in the next episode. Peace, love, and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.